Welcome to the Women in Safety podcast. Do you have questions around how can you be recognized for your contributions and get ahead? Join our global WIS community, which provides a supportive space for women and our allies. Our discussions help break down barriers and support diversified leadership around the world. To subscribe and listen to our shows, visit safepedia.com. Now, here's our Women in Safety discussion. Hi, and welcome to another WIS show. We have a great conversation in store for you today. We're going to continue on with our series that we've been doing over the last few months about building ourselves up and gaining access to higher level positions of influence. If you recall, we've been speaking to six different topics, and today we're going to look at professional growth and personal resilience. Joining us today is Karen McDonald and Dr. Joanne Kamla. Welcome to the show. Pleased to be here. Thank you. So Karen, I'm going to throw it to you. And if you could share a little bit about what is the mentor-mentee program that you're involved in and how did you get involved? Uh, Well, thanks very much for the opportunity again. Uh, I work for the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents. uh, And this program is being delivered under our Safe at Work, Safe at Home umbrella, working with L'Oreal. It's a project we started early in 2020, looking at how we could support uh, entrepreneurial women in health and safety to become more visible and connected, which is uh, those two words I think are pretty critical uh, for this whole whole programme, how you enhance people's visibility in their own organisation or or indeed the wider world, which is exactly what this piece of work is doing. Uh, So the the training uh, that's... um, delivered as, as part of the programme is delivered by Louise Hoskins and um, it's tailored to reflect the needs of entrepreneurial women who have to pitch to attend. So I'm absolutely delighted that I work with uh, Joanne through a mentoring uh, relationship as part of the, the first cohort of students. So essentially what we have is it's connected to the elevation of women in our industry which is off the OSH world, I should say, and connects very well with uh, One Wish. So it's these connections that definitely sustain us in in challenging times. And the mentoring relationships that I'm involved in through the programme and indeed setting up mentoring relationships for all the the delegates that come through the programme really are certainly tying really well with the theme today, pushing your own personal envelope and uh, how your personal growth journey continues because these types of connections that we make and what we learn from each connection certainly is expanding my understanding of what the potential next steps can be for each of these women. Thank you. And Joanne, can you share with us a bit about how you got involved in the program? Uh, Yeah, I actually uh, found out a post on LinkedIn uh, that was uh, about uh, choosing selecting women is for leading safety program and I applied for it and I I found myself successful this was the best day that when I found out and uh, yeah I was I found myself so lucky to be involved in that uh, training course as uh, in addition to the training course content and uh, I uh, gained to get to know 
Dr. Karen and uh, others uh, and um, learn from each other, to be honest, because the area that I am working on was purely road safety. I know that we should do a lot of other safety related works, but I, uh, it was really good to know other uh, areas that other uh, ladies, senior people are working in. Uh, I, I was surprised that people from Canada, people from Africa, from UK, we were all involved and we are now really great friends. This is one of the best thing of that course that we have a very great connecting with each other. And um, uh, uh, also Dr. Karen has, um, uh, like provided uh, for me and uh, Nishma, we both are, uh, she's our mentor and we both were in that course and she has provided like uh, for us to attend a uh, ROSPA uh, conference. And this has allowed me to know about ROSPA more actually to know what they are working on. And this has also let me to have a chance to like publish an article with their journal, which is coming going to happen soon, which is great. I'm looking forward to that as more people will be aware to know my area at the same time, ROSPA will be also a, a more, is like, is a very great journal to be in that uh, as well. In addition with IOSH, I have identified many other safety trainings that they have, which I have now booked myself to it, actually. I'm, I'm I have been given six months, like managing safely and other safety related uh, courses. Uh, this is all because of that course. And I really, really appreciate uh, them that they selected me and I am uh, really happy that I choose it to be involved in that course yeah there are many other opportunities that the team has provided for us as well so yeah it's great awesome and yeah. so thank you for sharing that that's kind of a bit about your professional journey into how we're how you've gotten to where you are so that's that's really great and yeah. one of the other things i wanted to kind of talk to the both of you about is is looking at some of the challenges and barriers that you've actually had to navigate along the way during your journey um karen why don't i throw that at you first Hmm. I, th I think for me, the, the, the challenge is always, well, the first thing is never having enough hours in the day, isn't it, really, you know, for everything that you really want to achieve. Um, when, when I reflect back, because obviously I've, I've worked um, in Oshworld for, I think it's probably just over 30 years now, you know, so when I reflect back to when I started, um, there weren't very many other women in my network. Um, but has changed over the years and I really welcome that because um, I am, have a very supportive network of people that I work with in my work and also in my wider um, world, Osh world. Uh, so I welcome that kind of change. Um, in terms of barriers, I think where working for ROSPA has always been, they've always recognised the potential that I have had, and I am hugely grateful for that. Um, and I'm a really good fit for ROSPA, you know, that's the other thing. So I feel that that has always been um, a huge benefit because I've not had to rethink um, what my values are and what I want to give working for 
uh, working for ROSPA. So having the role that I have now, which um, allows me, affords me the opportunity to network with people across the world is really to everybody's benefit because the big important, the, the important thing for me is always working with people with a can-do attitude. You know, um, that are prepared to cut the noise out um, so we don't have to overthink and rethink. We say, this is what our central messages are and this is how they fit. Um, and so when um, Joanne applied to be part of the mentoring programme, um, and I found out that Joanne had a different insight into road safety than I had, I automatically wanted to be connected in a mentoring relationship because even down, I don't know, Joanne, if you want to say about the most recent uh, developments that you put on uh, LinkedIn, you know, the, the sort of being accepted as an auditor and everything, you know, that that opened up when I read that, I immediately went to research what it was all about to understand, because then I can ask you more things that will benefit me in my work, which which is really where my, my growth journey is now, is, is understanding what other people understand and making it work well um, in terms of our mission and vision. Well, I like that understanding yeah. what other people understand. I think that's a very critical piece that, um, to be quite candid, Karen, I think a lot of people miss that and they, they speak always to be understood. Mm, absolutely. Yep. And Joanne, what about you? Can you share some of the, the challenges and ba barriers that you may have um, navigated through your journey of your career? Yeah, well, um... Uh, due to me worked internationally uh, as I am from Kurdistan uh, Iraqi part uh, it's quite challenging for a woman to work as a civil engineer and uh, uh, I uh, started working when I was year three at the university as a apprentice engineer during the summertime on site doing some highway engineering work and I have had really challenges working with contractors on site and uh, yeah it, it was the most difficult thing and then uh, I said that is impossible for me to work on site as a female that's why one of the reasons that I decided to go back to university after I graduated to go work for the university and work as a lecturer and this was a challenge itself working as a as first I started as assistant lecturer it was really challenging I know that I was really good at university I started like giving lectures when I was year two I remember I was year two at the classroom after the class I was giving math lectures to my to my uh, friends on that day there was someone outside seeing me giving lecture and when I came out he said you one day will be a doctor and giving a lecture at that university. I became a doctor, but never happened to go back to that university, which I, uh, that, that's life, how we don't know, we uh, expecting. But yeah, the so it was good actually being working as a lecturer uh, by time I, uh, things was more flexible. The barriers happened when, I started doing my master. My, the master was quite long, one one year research, and uh, I need to go on roads to work. On my master back in Kurdistan, capital city, the busiest section of the uh, 
city. And here where the challenges started and they tried to prevent me to do the data collection. One of the comments that I received that the cars will uh, will do flashlights for you if you will be on site and doing, let's say, collecting speed data using radar instrument. And I remember I on that day I said, either you are going to accept that I'm going to go work on site or I'm going to leave not doing my master. So uh, the head of traffic engineering uh, of the capital city, Erbil. So he said, that girl is really mad. Let her come back in. And he signed the paperwork for me. Yeah, I, I, so here where I started, knowing that there are really difficult things happens and I have to find out a way on how to, um, uh, how to find a, a solution on, uh, to, in order for me to succeed. And then uh, when I came to the UK, PhD is a challenge itself. Dr. Karen may know about that. It's really difficult. It was a really difficult road with me having my daughter at year two of PhD then family uh, and the study was uh, really difficult. But I always say we should always help others because this will come back to us one day. What happened during my PhD, I needed to find out a novel way to analyze my data. And it was really difficult for me to find a proper person as my supervisor's background was not much statistical modeling. So one day I was reading a paper, name of the author on the paper. I contacted that author. He lives in America. His name is Fred Marering. I like to acknowledge him as I don't know him, he don't know me. I never met him until now even. That person has helped me. He has checked every single of my work. He really helped me, which was amazing. So that's, I, that's why I always say is, the more you help, the more you will get it. You may not get it from the people you know, but you always get it from the people that uh, you don't know at all, which is great actually. Yeah, and. Um, Again, succeeded that, and then the industry started, as I mentioned in previously, that I used to work not in a team, as I used to work more about a lecturer or as a researcher, which you don't have the chance to be with a lot of teams, uh, rather than being leading students or leading your own or of research, managing yourself, your own. So the challenge was to work with other team members and COP. And uh, uh, yeah, so in addition, there are always, always till date to date, there will be a lot of challenges, but you know what? There are these feedbacks that you it comes to your way will help you to uh, find out on uh, how to, um, to be successful and to, to prove the opposite. So yeah, as a, uh, yeah, but there are a lot of good things that I can find around me, like a lot of uh, uh, team members uh, always supportive and helping me. Uh, for example, recently, I uh, like a chair of CIHT contacted, uh, I messaged him to congratulate her for becoming a chair of CIHT. And again, someone that I don't know totally, never we never met, 
And she said, oh, you deserve to become a fellow and I want to sponsor you, which is great that people mm -hmm. you don't know, they yeah. do appreciate you, they do value you. So it, there are always good people on the way, same in the industry that I work for. I work as a Absolutely. senior consultant for Atkins. We have some great safety auditors, some great senior safety engineers that are always behind me, helping me during the hard times or uh, when I need it. But as I said, there will be times that you find there will be some negative people and they would like to stop you from your goal or, but yeah, so that's and, all I have. Yeah, and I'm gonna pick it up there because you, you've led us into a very good place about like, there are sometimes negative people that do come in and out of our life. And, and part of building up our personal resilience is actually navigating through and making decisions about, you know, how can we, secure ourselves so that we can keep going and continue to be positive. So I want to throw it at you, Karen, for a moment to share about some recommendations that you might have to others listening about building up our own personal resilience. I think that uh, from my perspective, it's really important to always try and filter out the noise that other people create in your working environment. Working for ROSPA, you know, we have, I have grant funded programs that I've got to deliver. And that is very much the focus of the majority of my time. They're demanding, but we create, you know, we create the pitch and we're funded accordingly. But what I find is we've really got to cut the noise out of our daily work. There's, a, there's almost like a pattern of work that has to be completed. And, you know, you can have a bit of, personal sort of floating away from that pattern if you need it but for me it's really about cutting out the noise of demands that aren't related to that so that I think the words that we used earlier was was drama you know cut the drama down so that you see very clearly what the pattern of work is I mean throughout the pandemic um, we've been talking about for our members and award winners about pause, reflect and reset. And I've actually almost adopted that on a daily basis now, you know, what do you need to pause? What do you, what do you need to stop? What do you need to reflect on? And really, do we need to reset how we're thinking about this particular element of our, of our work? So I think I'm gonna possibly use that for the rest of my working life now, you know, that pause, reflect and reset, because it might, might be you reset to the same pattern of work, but it definitely helps you push through the challenges that you find through, Joanne's mentioned it, you know, this living and work. You know, the fact that you, you're not in the same space as other people and it's difficult to interpret their response to your thinking if you, you're not actually in the same environment because you do lose certain nuances when, you, when you're communicating, albeit that we can have these incredible conversations around the world as part of this programme that we're delivering. There are those nuances that you that you miss. I also think that there is that element of trying to remain calm no matter what's happening round about you to achieve. I was just reflecting uh, when Joanne was, was uh, telling us, you know, her her insights there about. I went to college first, 
and basically I didn't think my, my grades were good enough to get to university so I've got a very long academic <laughs> sort of journey uh, and then I pitched to go to university and at that time um, the, the grant funding was there and I can't remember how many years you got you've got X number of years that were funded and I had to get into a particular year and it was all done by post then, you know, and you put money in a coin box to phone people. And I got a letter back saying you're not getting in. And I don't know what it was, but there was some sort of inner thing there that as a pretty young woman, I got on a train across Scotland to meet with the professor. As you're saying, you know, I phoned up and I said, no, I've got to come and speak to you. I don't know where that came from. But that's what I would ask other people to do. You know, I thought I got on the train, I went across, I had an appointment with them, we spoke, we got on, and he said, okay, but don't let me down. And I didn't, you know. So that's, I think that's the kind of thing that underpins how I like to work with other people is to say, you know what, this is this is an idea worth thinking about. This is something to consider. I might not have the answers, but I can connect you to somebody. That will support you to be more visible and I think that's really what this program is doing for everybody that undertakes it. No absolutely there is often an inner voice I know what you're talking about when you said that I had a similar in um, experience when I went to to university I'd gone to college first and then I had decided to go to university and um, I learned that the university was accepting another college a diploma would get a whole year off mm. right mm. Uh, but they wouldn't do it for the one that i had gone through i did the uh, the second year in night school while i advocated during the day to get my the college seneca college program accepted like they had the other college and people kept on saying oh you're not going to get it why don't you just give up and and do the first year and i said mm. No, because I've got the two programs here. And when you're working through it, our program is superior. We, mm -hmm. we learn more stuff that's related to what the university wants. And sure enough, you know, after pushing for interviews between the two, the university and college professors and mm -hmm. doing the whole thing, it took about almost a whole year. They finally came back and said, okay, you can have the year credit. And it also paved the way for the next students from that college, because then they accepted that college as a year credit, right? So sometimes in the midst of other people saying to you, it's not worth your time, you have to look at the long-term game. Absolutely. I completely agree with you, you know, because I, I'm, I'm sure uh, Joanne would echo that, that when it's your career and when it's your career of choice it is a long-term project you know it is you know you, and you want to make each piece of work that you do influences many people around about you in terms of encouraging them to take that step in so when I said about um you know when I started out in uh, Rossborough and, and Oshworld you know I've worked with some phenomenal people uh, over the years and then um, you then grow up with them. You know, those connections definitely come with you and they're there as sounding boards. And as Joanne just said, you know, you, you might never physically meet them, but you know they're there and you know that um, if you ping a question out, you'll get something back that helps you 
make sense of whatever challenge you're trying to uh, manage at that particular moment in time. So I kind of always feel that, you know, you, you, you put your hand out to help other people forward, no matter where they are, because basically what we do is, you know, in Osh World is, and in the safety beyond the workplace, safe at, ho- safe at work, safe at home space, is we save people's lives. You know, and that's what is at the heart of Joanne's work. It's what is at the heart of my work as well. Absolutely. Now, Joanne, did you have any insights that you wanted to share that you use yourself to keep your personal resilience up? I, I always remind myself, what goal do I have and how I'm going to achieve that? Huh. So. There will be difficult times, yeah. Uh, and but because the uh, the dream of achieving that goal is really stronger that difficult time even. So I always uh, try to overcome and focus. What's next? Uh, hmm. That is what I always follow to keep me. And it works, to be honest. It works, and I always I mean tell others about it as well. Whenever the difficulties come. I'll try. I may spend a month or two on uh, discussing it or on finding a way uh, on how to solve the problem or contacting my dad on a daily basis, getting advice from him. Uh, always his advice is the best and uh, all uh, my mentors. And, uh, but at the same time, I keep reminding myself what the goal I have and how I can achieve that. So this is always gives me a lot of motivation and going forward. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're saying about your dad there, Joanne, my dad always used to say, um, if you want to make a difference, get involved. Yes. You know, don't sit on the sidelines. Don't sit and wish you were part of it. Really go into the heart of things. And yes make that difference so uh, I think that that's the interesting thing when it comes to like for example volunteering you know uh, I think yeah. most people that you'll speak to in this series of podcasts uh, Tamara are serial volunteers <laughs> you know because if you do one thing you know you can make a difference somewhere else and then it's the strangest connections that you can make between pieces of work that make everything move forward together which is what I think keeps my kind of energy level up uh, in terms of working forward with this type of program because you never know who's through the next door quite literally uh, being part of this program that's right absolutely and I like what you said about goals keeping true to your goals one of the tools that I have used is called the vision board and all it is is really a piece of big piece of paper on my wall right that i can go and draw on i'll draw circles on on what type of things do i want to be accomplishing and then between the circles draw lines about how i'm going to get there what people do i need to have in my circle what what do i need to be doing what type of of programs talking to different things like that right in order to connect those circles in order to get to my bigger goal and i mean different people use different tools that's just my visual aid that i like to use but it certainly does help keep the eye on the ball so when there is drama that comes up or things that might sideline you i've got a visual there to go back and say how does this fit in 
to yeah. what we want to do. Does it fit in? No. Then you don't have to let it into your sphere. And that mm. goes back to what you were saying, Karen, about keeping the calm. What kind of recommendations do the two of you maybe have to help other people kind of move forward, keep the calm and keep focused? I think, I think for me, um, I kind of think in layers. So I think, you know, if you think about me, we world, um, I think about occupational road risk within a Scotland context because I'm delivering a program here. I think in a UK context and because I'm responsible for policy work across the UK, but I also think about how does it fit in Europe and how does it fit in the wider world? And how can I use, how can I get one piece of work out through that network? So um, aligning thinking, finding out how, how to align your thoughts um, and be ambitious about thinking about being visible in a world context, because it's entirely doable. This program is achieving that for us. You know, um, so this, just before the pandemic hit, my big thing was about visible and connected. And Joanne's embraced that already, you know, because our visibility on LinkedIn, the sharing of your incredible achievements already this year, and we're only in August or nearly September. Uh, you know, but that that whole piece about, and then that generosity of saying, you know, this is this is where I am, this is how I'm moving forward. So my, my thing has always been in, in a geographical uh, context because Rospa's work is truly a game changer across the world. And I just need to be connected to more of the right people. So that's how my head works. Yeah, absolutely agree. And Joanne, what about you? Do you have any recommendations to share out with our audience before we go? Yeah, as uh, Karen mentioned, getting to know, have networking. This is one of the best things that you do in, to help you mm. uh, in your career, professional uh, development, as you really, at the same time, you may give, and at the same time, you learn from them. This is one of the uh, recommendations of I always advise my mentees, work hard, be, love your work and uh, be enthusiastic, be motivated, wake up early morning, uh, go with a smile to your work. And uh, that is um, uh, really helps us to succeed. Also have a goal every year have a goal and no matter that goal is career related or personal life related with a career always look above the, yeah that's always look above look on the where they are how they achieved that and investigate and research to go i don't say that to copy others but it's good to always to look above that it will be useful not just for the individual itself for example for me because i want to save the world uh, regarding road safety casualties it's it's a human objective in my head i always say i want to reduce the number of collisions happening on our road because every time i find a fatal on the road it really hurts me inside and this will really leads me to push myself more and find out what others are doing and how I can be the same as others and how that's how I achieve it uh, to become a road safety auditor yeah so it's always good to know what what 
what goal do you have and work towards that goal yeah, yeah uh, that's what yeah. i have actually i think i think the other image that i always have in my head and you've just exemplified it exactly there joanne is you know i go back to my high school chemistry you know because i've got a very strong science background you know so i go back to my higher higher chem, uh, high school chemistry and you know that sort of at the hub we've got the nucleus at the hub and the faster we move at the center the more energy we create um, and I always think that that's the visual image that you've just helped me recall there is very much about each of our mentees and each mentoring relationship we've created through this uh, partnership working with L'Oreal can then create all these other energy hubs around the world and every so often there'll be a, an incredible idea that's created as a consequence of that that will help meet the overall goals that you've just articulated so well Joanne. Yeah thanks a lot Carrie. yeah exactly. Yeah no it's a wonderful program and those of us at One Wish are delighted that we're also involved in helping to support this so thank you very much. I know that is all the time that we have today so thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Woman in Safety podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please connect with us to join our global WIS community to subscribe and listen to our show or find more great safety resources. Visit safepedia.com. Until next time, stay safe.